The following is a podcast from Taylor Productions in association with 8333 Towers. The opinions of this podcast are solely of the individual and have no affiliation with Sanderson High School and the Wake County Public School System. Republication of this broadcast is strictly prohibited without the express written consent of Taylor Productions. of the Spartans podcast with Will Taylor on this week's show your local news Sanderson Spartans football report college football week one person of the week news of the weird and much much more The Apps 2001 DJ of the Year, Will Thank you very much, everybody, and welcome to this week's show. I hope that everyone had a great Labor Day weekend. You're listening to the Voice of the Spartans podcast. My name is Will Taylor. Thank you so much for tuning in this week on your listening devices. We are on Anchor.fm, Spotify, and now Apple Podcast. Just look for the Voice of the Spartans podcast, and you'll be able to pick us up on those platforms. You can also find the show on Instagram, uh, Voice of the Spartans underscore podcast. That's the username, Voice of the Spartans underscore podcast, as well as on my personal pages on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we have a great show coming down the line for you for episode four now of our young show. Uh, make sure you spread the word and hit that subscribe button uh, so you'll get those notifications when the next episode has been published. Uh, this week we'll have your local news from Raleigh, Wake County, North Carolina, and beyond. Plus, we'll recap week one of college football. Uh, let's just say the ACC did not do very well nationally. That, that it, it was just <laughs> it wasn't a pretty sight. Uh, we'll also go into the Sanderson Spartans Week 1 for JV and Varsity Football. Inspirational story coming out of one of the uh, Wake County's oldest high schools this week. We'll touch on that. We'll introduce you to the person of the week plus some news that doesn't quite make any sort of sense and much, much more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your flight. <laughs> You're listening to the Voice of the Spartans podcast. Thanks so much, y'all.
And now your local news of the week for Raleigh, Wake County, North Carolina, and beyond. The Raleigh City Council has changed with the times and politics as we've seen in recent years, but a study group has looked at ways to bring elections up to speed and with help from uh, with Raleigh's growth that's been happening. Uh, they are recommending four-year terms instead of two-year t- terms for all our councilmen and uh, the mayor of Raleigh. Uh, should give <clears throat> study group says it will give more time for the voters to judge effectiveness of representatives. Uh, elections should be staggered with all members being elected at once. And then the mayor plus additional two members at large would be selected in another election. They also suggested giving them all raises, including a 66% raise for the mayor and 88% raises for the city council members. They said that compensation includes allowances for expenses, vehicle use, and technology. I don't know if y'all know this, but they basically don't make any sort of money. I know the mayor makes uh, a decent amount. You know, I don't, I can't remember what it is, but I know council members basically don't make jack squat. I think maybe $10,000 in, you know, incentives and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, they, they suggested that also moving elections to even numbered years and increasing the size of the council itself by adding a sixth district, which uh, would lower campaign costs and give the council an odd number to prevent any tie-in votes. Uh, I don't know if y'all are aware, but you know that right now that it's at an even number, and uh, that would be great for that. Um, you know, I don't necessarily agree with the four-year terms, but two years seems fine, especially since we elect our state and national congressmen uh, every two years. So why not keep it that way? Um, you know, but after the review by its, the council itself, the public input will be sought as well. Um, you know, I, I just think, you know, it, it, change is good sometimes, change isn't good sometimes, but it, it depends on your opinion. But, you know, yeah, I definitely think there should be some kind of raises for these guys because they do, they do a lot of work. They 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 end up in committee, committee meetings for quite a while, so... You know, but I think people are in an uproar because they changed the elections or delayed it, I think, um, within the last uh, month or so. But, you know, this this bike could help. Um, also, in other news, the NCDOT is going to add lanes to I-40 uh, in Orange County past exit 270. Uh, 40 goes back down to two lanes from three when you're leaving the chapel here. Chill Hibble area, <laughs> live radio. And there have been a lot of complaints uh, regarding this, plus the traffic during the evening commutes has been quite congested. Uh, the expansion will cover the 11-mile stretch between the Durham-Orange County line to I-85 in Hillsborough, and work should begin uh, next year and should be finished in 2025. Uh I don't go that way simply because those lanes go down and there is a lot of traffic uh, when you're coming out of that, especially, and then you're coming back in on 40. There's just too much congestion. So we go, uh, if we're going to the mountains or something like that, Greensboro, um, we're going to, you know, um, Alexander Drive to the Durham Freeway to I-85 and that seems to work for us and it just relieves that congestion. Also, y'all be happy to know that the Hopscotch Music Festival will be September 9th and through the 11th in downtown Raleigh. 
and it will feature uh, local, state, and national musical acts. Uh, this has been a Raleigh favorite for many years, and the festival is back this year after COVID uh, really derailed it last year. So please make sure you check the website for COVID protocols and ticket information. Uh, I know everybody's excited to have that back. Uh, September means falling temperatures, or falling temperatures, I should say, fall temperatures, not and they will be falling, <laughs> are coming soon. Uh, this week's weather should be in the lower 80s and 60s for lows. Uh, so we're, we're getting close, y'all. We're getting close. Uh, I know there's been a lot of clamoring for some cooler temps. I know a lot of people in the neighborhood have been talking about it. I know I'm ready for it, uh, so looking forward to that. Uh, this week also has been the tw- will be the 20th anniversary of the September 11th attacks on our country, which were on the Twin Towers in New York City, the Pentagon in D.C., and United 93 uh, that went down in Pennsylvania. Uh each year, all the victims' names that died in New York City are read at the memorial, as well as ceremonies in D.C. and Pennsylvania. Um, last night, we had my in-laws over, and we were talking about our 9-11 stories and um, you know where we were, what do you remember. Um, and really what it was is that I was, I was at Appalachian at the time, and uh, was a, this was my last semester, and usually... I would uh, turn on the TV in the WSU studios. I had a morning show, usually on Tuesday and Thursday mornings, and it was on a Tuesday morning that this happened. And for some odd reason, I just didn't. I chose not to turn on the TV. I do it usually. Did it usually for news and other stuff going on, just to report. Uh, but I didn't do it that morning. And I had um, my show was from seven to nine. And then I had a nine thirty class on Tuesday mornings that semester. So I just I decided that. Um, you know, just to move on. So I went to class, went to my 930 class, like nothing going on, normal day. And then I got, um, class got out and we went, I went to the bookstore for just a skinny minute and heard through the speakers on the radio that New York City had been attacked and the towers were on fire. And, and, and they said there was, it was an accident or something happened. And, I kind of sat there and I, I ignored it, just kind of like, no. I said, no, that, that can't be right. I said, I, I didn't know what it was. But then when I got to class, at my 11 o'clock class, I I got there and everybody said, hey, did you hear about New York sitting the attacks? And I said, no. I said, yeah, I kind of heard about it. And then, you know, we started talking about it amongst ourselves. And then my professor came in and said, uh, y'all need to come in here. And so we went in, and there was a TV on, and we watched it for a little bit. I, I mean, I couldn't believe it. Uh, it, it was, you know, because, you know, it happened early in the morning, and then, it, you know, it had been going on for quite a while, and by 11 o'clock, and so she said, hey, classes are canceled, y'all go home, go call your parents, talk to your families, kind of thing. Um, and, you know, and the impact, you know, for my generation, especially since we were in college, and um, you know, it, it, this, this is the day the world changed. Um, you know, they came out with the Patriot Act and just changed, you know, everything. And we know about airports and terrorism and Al Qaeda and you know, just, just a chain reaction. And, and every time I think about it, I get, I get it. it 
it was a sad day for our country and a lot of you know 30 i think a little over 300 3000 people lost their lives um in the twin towers both you know both of those fell and um explosion with the with the um uh pentagon and then i don't know if y'all know the story about united 93 i think it was on the way this uh, this other plane that got hijacked was on the way i think to the capitol or the white house and these People on board said, oh, absolutely not. Y'all are not doing this and rushed the cockpit and rushed the plane and uh, the plane crashed uh, in Pennsylvania. And those people are to be commended because it could have been a lot worse. So um, 20 years, can't believe it, uh, 9-11. So, um, you know, just continued prayers for all those families and all those people uh, who lost their lives. Um, that is that. Um, anyway, coming up down the line, we got your uh, college football report for week one plus Sanderson football. And uh, stay tuned, guys. Thanks so much. one of college football is my favorite time of the year. College game day is back on ESPN. Stadiums are open back up to full capacity this year, so there is a lot of excitement. <laughs> the ACC did not really fare that well, to say the least. Uh, locally, it was Carolina was upset by Virginia Tech in Blacksburg by a score of 17-10. to Mac Brown saying in his presser that they they were overrated with to start with, so <laughs> that number ten ranking really he didn't really feel like that was a statement to it for his team. Um, NC State did, however, blow away South Florida and Carter Finley on last Thursday, forty-five to nothing. Duke lost to Charlotte, thirty-one twenty-eight in the Queen City. Wake Forest upended ODU, forty-two to ten. Clemson was beaten by UGA in Charlotte 10-3 with basically no offensive showing at all. However, that Georgia defense is going to be good. Y'all better watch out for them. And also of note, um, Alabama whacked, and I mean whacked, Miami. It wasn't even close, 44-13. Another game of note, my App State Mountaineers defeated ECU 33-19 in the Dukes-Mayo Classic this past Thursday behind the debut of Chase Bryce and a vaunted running attack from Cameron Peoples and Nate Noel, both over 100 yards for the game. The season looks bright for the boys in black and gold from Boone, uh, who now travel down to Miami to take on those Hurricanes Saturday night at 7 o'clock. Carolina opens their home slate at 7.30 um, in Keenan Stadium on Saturday night, taking on Georgia State. And NC State is off this week, but uh, they will tackle Furman at home on the September 18th for another night game. Uh, Duke and North Carolina A&T will hook up in Durham on Friday night. Uh, no real ga- top 25 games of note this week um, as we're in week two. Also, ECU will travel down to Columbia, South Carolina for a noon game 
on Saturday against the South Carolina Gamecocks. So those are um, the games of note this week locally. Um, you know, the Carolina game, I, I got to watch a, uh, most of the second, well, most of the second half, part of the second quarter, uh, because we were on the way down to the beach. But no offensive production from Carolina. The offensive line apparently changed centers and moved some people around. So that that's why they looked that bad. <laughs> offensive line just couldn't do Sam had seven sacks. Sam, Sam um, but he uh, he got harassed, and it was just not not pretty to watch. Um, so the heels will the, hopefully they'll recover. They will recover this week. Georgia State got handled in their game, um, so we will uh, hopefully it will be a good crowd in Keenan this week. Uh, I know my dad is taking my two kids, so that should be fun. Um, you know, state. Let me let me just talk about state because they also had. Two other, uh, two of their running backs run for over a hundred yards. Bam Knight, and um, oh my gosh, I can't think of the other guy's name right now. Um, but they both were over a hundred yards. Devin Leary played real well. Uh, you know, State's gonna. I think State's gonna be good. It's gonna be a, a good season for them. And um, you know, I, I think that Doran has got them. Dave Doran has got them in a great place. Um, so look out for State coming down the road. Um, Appalachian State, I, I will say this, that, um, oh, by the way, 35,000 people in Kid Brewer Stadium for the Luke Combs concert Saturday night in Boone. It was an epic sight. I, I've seen pictures. I saw videos. It was awesome. And if y'all look like Luke Combs, he'll be here in Raleigh next week. Or this week. No, next week. Yeah, it is this week. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but, um, anyway... Um, app, app looked great. Uh, Chase Bryce, uh, coming the transfer from Duke, uh, is the starting quarterback for the Mountaineers, and uh, he looked great. As a, but th- there was a passing through in the end zone that was picked off. Didn't see the guy really coming across. I think it was kind of a mop up time anyway. Uh, but App's going to be good defensively, led by number nine Demetrius Taylor, the senior, uh, who really gave Sam Howell a a nightmare when they played Carolina uh, two years ago and when he, even when he was a sophomore and it was, it was a sight to see Um, apps defense will be good Uh, running, running the ball. We are a, we've become one of those running universities that we breed running backs. And that dates back to when Kevin Richardson back in 2007 or five, five, six, seven, when we won the three straight national championships and, Kevin Richardson was our running back, and he was a walk-on. And then after that, it just became a domino effect. And this year, led by Cameron Peoples and Nate Noel. So, App looks bright and looks to have a great season. Um, Shifting gears, we're going to go down to uh, my favorite high school football team, the Sanderson Spartans, returned to the field this past Thursday and Friday. After a two-week pause for COVID-19, JV played this past Thursday night and fell uh, to the Holly Springs Golden Hawks, twenty-eight to nothing. They uh, they were supposed to play the Triton Hawks, but Triton, I think, got COVID from what I understand. So they, this was a replacement game. Uh, you know, this is a young team. They're loaded with freshmen. Not many sophomores are all playing up at varsity. So there's some growing to do. Uh, I think they found their running back. Uh, which is good. Uh, they have a decent quarterback, and there's a uh, Ben Cashwell, one of their defensive ends. He's pretty good. Got a couple sacks. 
So you know this there's there's room for growth, and this team will this team will persevere. They'll be fine. Um, varsity. Let me tell. Let me just talk about varsity. I. Um, oh, before I before I do that, Stephen Gears. It, I was glad to be back in the press box doing what I love, announcing for these boys um, as the voice of the Sanderson Spartans. My first game of the year, so I was really excited to be there last Thursday. Okay, okay. back to Varsity. Varsity rallied from being down 21-10 to 10 at halftime to the Triton Hawks, uh, but came back in the second half with a surprise uh, for these boys at halftime, a return of their head coach, Jeremy Buck, for the first time in about two and a half, three weeks. And that motivated them for a 37-28 win. I mean, from what I understand, that it was a sight to see. The boys were going nuts at halftime and excited to see their coach and glad to have him back. Um, Varsity will be at home this week in Gregson Stadium against non-conference opponent, the Heritage Huskies from Northern Wake County. A kickoff is set for 7 o'clock this coming Friday. JV will travel over to Heritage for a 6.30 tilt against the JV Huskies. Um, you know, also, the, these boys, they have worked hard. And knowing what I know, you know, have neighbors, kids that are on the team, parents, coaches, AD, known everybody for years. And, you know, this this team has really come together. Um, and it, it was so exciting to hear that they came back in the second half and to have Coach Buck back on the field. Um it was just a. It was it was nice to hear, and these these boys really worked have worked hard, and um, you know it will. It's going to be a, a hopefully a great season for them, um, and uh, will they will be uh, they'll have a tough test this week. I'll tell you what, Heritage is good. Heritage is good. They'll they'll have a tough test. Um, but coming back, we're going to talk about. Uh, our first uh, first segment of this, I would say, for this year, for this year, for this show, I should say, uh, news of the weird. I mean, it is uh, it, it's quite a story. I will I will say that. Um, but you're listening to the voice of the Spartans podcast. Thanks so much, guys. <laughs> and now for a news segment here on the show, the news. Of the weird, and you have to understand where this is coming from. There was a this is in Wisconsin, in a small town in Wisconsin, and there are a lot of a lot of farms, a lot of farming up there in Wisconsin, and so you got to think about that. But it was st- <laughs> it was still freaking weird. Oh my gosh! So this happened at a McDonald's in in Wisconsin, in this small town of Wisconsin. There was a cow. I kid you not. A cow. This woman drove up in a Buick and had a cow in the back seat. <laughs> a cow in the back seat. And, the you know, she, she got the drive-through. She went up to the window. The person at the window would, had the look on her face of like, wait, you have a cow in the back seat in your Buick? What are you doing? And it just... And she immediately took out her phone and started taking a video. And the thing went viral quickly. A daggum cow. And, you know, you'd think she'd be ordering, you know, a milkshake and a cheeseburger for it. You know, that'd be kind of funny. (laughs) So, you know, there it is. A cow in the drive-thru, in the car, in a Buick, no less, in Wisconsin. But it turned out to be a calf. (laughs) 
It actually turned out to be a calf. It wasn't a whole daggum cow. That now that would have been ridiculous. They had she had just per- purchased this calf at an auction and had just wanted to go through the McDonald's drive-thru. And by the way, they had a um they had two calves in the back, but they were lying down. So this woman had, I kid you not, three calves in her Buick. So you can imagine what this thing would, what this thing is. You're like, but you don't see that. I don't, you might see that in Johnston County. <laughs> Sorry. You might see that in Johnston County, but Lord have mercy. There you go, folks. That, that from a small town in Wisconsin out of McDonald's. That is your news of the weird. And now it is time for uh, your person of the week or uh, people of the week. Uh, This week is... uh, I would say is something special. Um, I'll go ahead and reveal what, who the person of the week is, and it's this um, this Sanderson community. Um, and I'll tell you why. There is a gentleman, um, you know, Sanderson, uh, the football team, went through a COVID, some COVID protocol, and the team, several on the team had COVID, some of the coaches, uh, including the head coach, and... The, um, you know, it was a tough time for these kids, and so a lot of them got through it, and, um, coaches, coaches finally healed back on the sideline as revealed on last Friday night at halftime. Um, but there was one that he's a little, he, uh, was a little bit sicker than a lot of his teammates, uh, ended up in the hospital, uh, with COVID 19 and ended up getting, um, some an infection and swelling in his brain. Um, and I'm going to keep his name out of it just because, um, but you know, it's and these players were, were, uh, pretty broken up about it. And so were the coaches and some of the parents, you know, you hear about it and you, and you don't want something like that to happen. Uh, and these code, these, um, so this guy, was uh, and he was number eleven on the team because he was um, he was made an honorary captain for Friday night and the kids held up his jersey and took it was with them in spirit. Um, but the story is he got an infection. He's had a couple of different brain surgeries. He's had he had a, a mini stroke and is still in the hospital and you know hooked up to a ventilator and you know it's 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 been pretty hard and these. Um, and these these players have lifted him up. These parents have taken the time out to help his mom and uh, raise up, and you know, with some uh, gift cards so she could go buy some groceries, go buy, and um, you know, some donations from different people for her, their family. And you know, this mom is you know she's she works hard and she takes care of him and. Um, and she's been with him every step of the way in the hospital, and you know, and he's on, he's in, he's not out of the woods yet, but he's he's recovering, and you know, th- this community has really 
taken the, Tim under his, their wing and everybody has been praying for him. Everybody has, you know, like I said, his teammates lifting him up Friday night, making him an honorary captain. His jersey was carried around all night. Um, and it just served as, along with uh, Coach Buck's return, uh, it served as motivation for these kids. And, you know, it's it, it just shows you a testament of togetherness and people coming together and lifting someone up. And so your person of the week, people of the week, is are the Sanderson Spartans community. Um, God bless you. Hopefully he will continue to heal and we'll have a good outcome for you um, sometime soon that he will at least be able to be down there with his teammates. I'm sure playing will be <laughs> almost out of the question this year. But once again, your people of your people of the week, the Sanderson Spartans um, community. Thank you, and uh, we will be right back. Well, that will about wrap it up for this week on this Voice of the Spartans podcast with yours truly, Will the Thrill. Taylor, <laughs> Will the Thrill, wow, I hadn't said that this whole time. That was my DJ name up at uh, Appalachian State at WASU, Will the Thrill. Uh, I was deemed that. I wasn't. I didn't call it myself. Um, I had a good friend deem me that when I started out as a DJ at WASU during the summer, and he said, oh, Will the Thrill's getting be, getting ready to be on the radio. And I said, good, it's, st- it's sticking. <laughs> so, But I did want to let y'all know I will be participating in the Blue Ridge Relay this weekend with my F3 brethren. It is a relay from Grayson Highlands, Virginia, through um, at, up to Asheville, North Carolina. It is a 205-mile approximately a relay race. With uh, 12 guys on a team, we'll be switching back and forth legs. I think each person will have three le- uh, three legs apiece. And it, uh, you know, it could be a two-mile, could be three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, depending on the mileage. It is going to be uphill or downhill. But everybody's been training um, this for the, mostly, most of the uh, summer and into the early part of the fall. And I just wanted to give those guys a shout-out. Like I said, it will finish at Highland Brewing Company there in Asheville, and everybody will be either drinking water, Gatorade, or already having a beer. So it it is a uh, really grueling race, but it's a lot of fun, and I'm going up there for the camaraderie. I'm not running. I've been injured, and I've decided to drive my F3 brothers uh, from place to place and drop them off, pick them up. And get them to where they need to go. So that's what I'm going to do. And I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I know everybody has really trained hard and looking forward to it. So big shout out to them. Thoughts and prayers to everybody that they get through it all right and all goes well. And you can look for it. uh, Check it out. www.blueridgerelay.com I did want to remind y'all that this has been a presentation of Taylor Productions in association with AO Studios right here at 8333 Towers. Thank you so much for everybody for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week for episode five of our young podcast. That's You've been listening to the Voice of the Spartans podcast with yours truly, Will Taylor. Check us out on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, and our chief, chief one, Spotify. Thank you so much, guys. We will see you next week. Later.